And here we are again. What happened to us with Nate and Hugh? Stacy is currently on sabbatical, is the best way to put it? Yeah, sabbatical. Because uh, she's, uh, she's, holding out for, hold, she's holding out for more money, which um, would really be money, any money. Any money. And then, well, she's also yeah. going under the knife this week. That is true. So that is true. Hopefully yes. She, uh, yes. she heals up well from this uh, foot surgery, and it's been a while for her struggling with that thing. So hopefully all goes to plan, shall we say. Yes. Absolutely. Agreed. Uh-huh. Anything except... But um, she's, oh, also oh. Being, she's also holding out for more money. Oh, okay. All right. we'll, we'll, we'll keep that in mind going forward. Because we're, yeah. we're, we're reveling I'm not, in I'm cash. Not far from, I'm not far from it. So um, you might be doing this solo for a while. It, it it's, might go from the uh, Nate, not Nate show to the not Nate show. Oh, no. okay. So just, the not, the... just not Nate. Just not Nate. Just not Nate. That's, uh, that, that's a good name. I like yeah. It. I don't know if I can carry an hour-long episode on my own. It's not been... Not, not with that attitude. No, I'm not much of a chatterbox, it turns out, when it comes to these things. So. It turns out I'm too much of one. So, uh, oh, who although says as, as, as rambling as last week seemed, it, it actually didn't... It, it, it sounded better than um, when, I, when, when we were saying it. Right. Because I thought it was the ramblings of two madmen. Oh, but... But we, li- it, listening back, it was, it was the two ramblings of madmen. Yeah. But it made sense. Which is scary, then? For you yeah a little bit i i don't i don't know how i feel about that oh you know they... i guess it's the new the new normal so we're gonna try something a bit different today folks i think we kind of left it on that note um when we were talking at the end of the show last week where we were going to go in an in-depth breakdown of a movie this week is that a good way of putting it yeah. uh yeah I'm, yeah whether we can get that in depth about this movie no and um you know, I, 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 I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I, I didn't watch it. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I did. But no, but le- because I am just the utmost professional, I didn't. So we, yes, last week we discussed um, going in depth on um, the 1994 film Drop Zone with Wesley Snipes. And I didn't watch it because <laughs> um, I wish I could say I didn't have the time, but I just I didn't watch it. But what I did do is um, study facts and figures about it okay so i can bullshit my way through it it take it harkens back to a um a, the example that i would uh, that will mean nothing to most of the, the listeners uh except if anybody i went to high school with but that's neither here nor there it, in high school i took a class called or an english literature class okay and uh me and a, me and a partner were supposed to read wuthering heights oh god and then yeah. give a presentation to the class about wuthering heights and um, I don't think I think you can probably see where this is going. I didn't read Weathering Heights. No. And uh, my partner also did not read Weathering Heights, so she was one of my best friends. Uh, and we neither of us did, and we winged it. I don't even I bought the, we bought the Cliff Notes for Weathering Heights. Right. I didn't even read those. Wow. I skimmed through the I skimmed through the Cliff Notes, and and put a presentation together that actually sounded like we knew we were talking about. But our my teacher, I think she was on to us, and she started throwing questions at us that I, in fact I know she was onto us because she started asking questions about certain scenes that she was just trying to throw us throw us off she specifically asked about the hunting scene in Weathering Heights and for for a moment I you know my life flashed before my eyes and I was like was there a hunting scene in Weathering Heights but luckily um as my dad's always said I'm a very good bullshitter Oh. I can I can I can sell things he thinks I'll be a great salesman because I can sell things right and I, without missing a beat I was able to to navigate that obstacle of there is no hunting scene in Weathering Heights, so I got past that one. So I think we got actually a pretty decent score grade based on the fact that she was like, you know what, these two didn't read this book, they sounded good enough. So that's so basically the the that's my rambling version of no, I did not watch Drop Zone, but I can talk about Drop Zone. But you've seen Drop Zone, so therefore, I probably saw it in 1994. I th- maybe more re- maybe more I re- probably more recently. For those of you but, um, out there who want to catch Drop Zone, it is free on Crackle, which is uh, you can find on Apple TVs online. It's like the poor man's Hulu. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's in. It's it's free. Yeah, it's, it's free. free. So yeah, so, yeah. Poor man's Hulu. So, um, but yeah, so Drop Zone. Um, you know, if we haven't lost anybody yet after my rambling Weathering Heights story, and by the way, I've still not read Weathering Heights. So if if um, 
I'm probably missing something. I'm sure it's it's a it's an Amer- it's not an American classic. It's an English classic, um, right? They were wait were they American? The Bronte sisters? I don't. I never read it. I can't. I can't quite. Well, no, just the Bronte the Bronte sisters in general. I I hope I believe they were English. I I believe yes, but which would make sense because it wasn't it wasn't well. Of course, I, I did start that story by saying it was an English literature class, so that would make more sense if they were English. But I I, I would really sound foolish if they were actually American. Yeah, yeah was... um, but no, no, because the other, the other sister, I, I I get the two sisters confused. The other one wrote Jane Eyre. That is definitely not an American book. No, no, it's not. Um, so. yeah, yeah there are three Bronte sisters actually. The third one was more of a Cooper Manning type, where uh, she didn't get the, uh, she didn't get the pot, you know, the 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 fame and fortune that the other two got, if they got fame and fortune. I imagine two back in the eighteen female writers, not really two female writers in the mid nineteenth century, even though they had they wrote several. At least two classics of, of literature. I don't know if they got a lot out of it because, yes, two women in the mid nineteenth century. No, there's yeah, they, they couldn't even inherit land from their family. No, yeah, and it you know like in Mary Shelley, were one of the greatest you know books of all time, and she still was more. Her husband was still more famous. Right. Granted, her husband was an accomplished poet, but so that's not like. You know. So shall we shall we dive into this uh, review of a movie you've, you've not watched? At least I've seen it, so we can. There's no bullshitting yeah. here. On oh, my I, end, um, on my end. Um. Well, this is this. You know what? We did a whole podcast. I remember um, what way back when about um, Dark Crystal, and I also bullshitted that one. I didn't watch it. Oh, that's and, fair. Uh, and I think, uh, granted, we had the we had Stacy talking about it too, but I I think I did. You covered you covered yourself long of acting well. like I saw it. And by the way, this is um, for uh, for whatever listeners we still have left after after this rambling first five minutes. Um, you will not find another podcast that can go from drop zone to Wuthering Heights within a minute. No. Yeah. No, I don't think they're they are not comparable. No one's that brave I mean, to go I mean, that they're, way. They're similar. They're similar themes, but for the most part, they are not comparable. <laughs> But okay, so it's December 9th release, nineteen ninety four. Yes, end of the supposed, year. It's supposed to be an August release. It of do you know it why it was, was pushback? Yes, it was because um, because they lost the race to uh, box office opening to Terminal Velocity, the Charlie Sheen film. Right, and it's it's one of those things that happens in movies, like we've discussed before. That's for some reason somebody comes up with a similar idea. And uh, multiple movies come out at the same time. The one that's often used is Armageddon and Deep Impact come right. out at the same time. Not even close to the same movie, but no, not even close. With, they both dealt with an asteroid that, in, in Deep Impact, the asteroid did hit the Earth. In Armageddon, they stopped it. Spoiler yeah. alert! Oh, I've still but yet like, to see. Deep, I'm an Armageddon truther, so I've not seen Deep Impact. Oh, it's so, um. Well, I. They're different movies. Yeah, very yeah, similar. Yeah. Very another similar one. Uh, another good example is uh, Saving Private Ryan and the Fid Run Line. Both, right. Were, both came out at the same time. Very different movies. Like um, you know the Fid Saving Private Ryan is very much an action movie. In fact, the action never stops. No. But um, Thin Red Line with Terrence Malick and it was very like existential. Not a lot happened. It 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 you know it was a war movie that could have not been a war you know like it was it was slower not as much action deep impact was the same hmm. like in terms like it's, those are very comparable and that armageddon was like action 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 uh, and uh deep impact was not um well, yeah yeah that's it, a, it, it it did beat out terminal velocity though in the box office w- w- the drop zone did yeah, yes it did so yeah, yeah. So that so they that Terminal Velocity made it got got out first mm-hmm. in uh, August of '94. So then they what they did is they kind of just went back and re-edited and and fixed some stuff and dropped some. And they're like, well, we're just gonna we got some extra time now. We're in no rush to release it. I don't know if they reshot anything, but they re-edited some things and they were like, we'll just make it a holiday movie. So yeah, so uh, in Florida because that's drops, that, that's where you go. Drops yeah, drop zone dropped. Uh, pretty much around Pearl Harbor Day, nineteen ninety four. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <sighs> but if uh, for those that, like it, Wesley Snipes, one of his earlier on, kind of like you are the lead now. Action, um, you are like he was a budding action star at that point in time. We're getting yeah, getting oh to sure. That. So, uh, I don't I don't recall uh, 
Yeah, well, he had, you know, well, see, 94, that was around New Jack City. New Jack City was like his big kind of break. Right. If I, if I, as I recall. Well, no. I White mean, Man Can't break. Jump was like the real break for him. Oh, that's, well, also, he was in the Beat It, the Beat it video, Michael Jackson's Beat It video. He played one of the uh, gang members that started dancing. Right. So that might have been, that might have been his true big break. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, so like he was, yeah, this was. Demolition you know, Man, his, Sugar Hill, Rising, okay, he, yeah. Were those all around? Those were all early nineties, right? Like drop. So drop zone might have been after those because he, uh, he was an established star. He was established, yes. Like Demolition Man had came out in ninety three, and then it was drop zone ninety four. Was his only movie that year. So, you know, uh, like, obviously New Jack City. Yeah, that was probably the. Oh, how how dare we forget Major League? Oh gosh, of course, Major League was like eighty seven, eighty nine. 87, 89? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Major League. Yeah, and then and then he was, uh, by the time Major League 2 rolled around, he was too big for it, so they had to get a poor Omar Epps yeah, to yeah. Uh, and we fill, also, fill, some big, fill some big shoes. We also had Wildcats back in uh, 86. Oh, I forgot about Wildcats. Yeah. But, I mean, once again, him and Woody, starring in movies for a while. Yeah. So good on Money those. Train. Money Train. Money Classic. Jennifer Lopez. Early Jennifer Lopez. Yes, it was. And then... You know, Passenger 57 was 92. Okay. Rising Sun. So, yeah, he he he's established at this point in the career. And, like, it was right before um, Blade had come out in 98 in U.S. Marshals. Oh, yeah. Oh, U.S. Marshals. That was, uh, that was an unfortunate sequel to The Fugitive. I didn't dislike it. It wasn't The Fugitive. No, it wasn't. It wasn't supposed to be The Fugitive. No, it was just, like, I mean, the only the only... I mean, the only well, it was a big part that was the the same as that the team, the the you the Marshalls team were the same, right? Like I believe all of them weren't it, like Joe Joe uh, Joey Pants and yep. um and yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. The only reprising was, his Oscar winning performance in The Fugitive. Yes, it was uh, Robert Downey Jr. was the only additional That's right. player in that yeah. movie. Yeah, the um you know, and it's funny um. A passenger fifty, like you know, now we're obviously gone off the rails already. Oh, yeah, but this, 50, is what, this is how we go, man. Well, passenger fifty seven was another one that was in kind of in that same vein, where it came out with another movie at the same time. I believe is around the same time as Executive Decision. Decision wasn't you it? are correct. Like uh, two two plane or uh, two hijacking plane movies. And Executive Decision was uh, that's the first movie where uh, what's his name? Uh, why am I blanking? On uh, Steven Seagal dies. Yeah. Dies within. Uh, Spoiler alert, too. Dies within the, the the or very early on. John Leguizamo, I I he went I, I think I don't remember what interview I saw him in fairly recently. I think it might have been Le- on Levitard. He they asked him specifically about working yeah. with Steven Seagal in um, Executive Decision. They were four years said, off on that one, but eh, whatever. Oh, okay, whatever. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah. He uh he said Steven Seagal was so awful to work with. Everybody on the cast and crew were ecstatic when they shot him dying. Like he, they said that he was that bad. Like they just hated working with him. So like, so yes, that I don't think anybody was very upset when Steven Seagal died in Executive City. Doubt it. Yeah, and the and fact a, that he lives in a, Russia now. What doesn't he live in Russia? Uh, he's Russian citizenship. I don't know if he lives there full time. Hmm. But uh, you know, bringing it back to Drop Zone, he yes. was originally supposed to play the Wesley Snipes role in Drop Zone. He. Dropped out. I'm using that uh, oh, pun again. Well, well played. Well played. Uh, he he was originally supposed to play that role, and he dropped out to make Under Siege Two: Dark Territory. Oh, yeah. Which was uh, see, and that one was actually far superior, I think, to the first Under Siege. Really? It took place on. It took place on a train. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. What was Under? Uh... Under Siege. The first one was on a boat. Yes, I'm aware. Was it an aircraft carrier or is it a destroyer? It was. Uh, I think I don't remember if it was a destroyer or aircraft carrier. Um, but yeah, Steven. So imagine uh, drop zone with Steven Seagal. I can't. The, the, the thought of him skydiving actually makes me laugh because by this time, I don't know if, if you're a big fan of the Steven Seagal cat, uh, catalog oh. as I am. I, I consider I am a, myself. I'm a fair. I'm a fairly big fan, to be honest with you. I'm a. I'm a, I'm a, uh, a Seagaliac. Are you an out for justice uh, kind of guy, or? Well, uh, no, hard to kill. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like so, if you look at his '80s catalog, "Hard to Kill," "Out for Justice," you know, it, it was a, it's a recurring theme. If you actually look at Stephen Scal's movies, almost all of them were three words and of something along the lines of "Hard to Kill," "Out for Justice." Like it was always something along those lines. Um, 
but he was a you know he was he 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 is a martial arts expert. He has like I think he's like an eighth degree black belt in um, aikido, I believe. Something like, like that. And he, something like that. And he was like a world class martial artist. And if you watch his '80s films, like like those that were just named, he's a thin man, and he um, was a martial artist. Like it was like watching any you know a Van Damme type, any of those. By the time Under Siege Two rolled around, he was gaining weight. Right. And he moved in slow. He, you know, he kind of became a joke in his later '90s movies that he was uh, bigger and moved very slowly. Right. Um, like his fight scenes in Under Siege Two and pretty much everything after that were like laughably slow. Like it was like he was fighting. It was like he was fighting in molasses. Um, so the thought of him being a skydiver, or not a, being a skydiver, but being a police officer who gets into skydiving, is hysterical all to solve the crime of the murder of his brother. Yes, his brother played by Malcolm Drew Warner. Warner, yes, from Cosby fame. Theo, oh, we don't uh, we don't We're allowed to talk name. about Theo. He who shall not, well, we don't mention the name. He right. was on that show. Oh, right, with, yes. With the pudding guy. The pudding guy? Yes. Um, another uh, fun fact about um, uh, his character, uh, both Malcolm Jawal Warner and Wesley Snipes in Drop Zone, is I for, I cannot recall his character's first name, but Wesley Snipes, but his last name is Nessip, N E S S I P, yep. which is an anagram of Snipes. It is Pete Nessip. Pete Nessip, which is an anagram. They just were like, you know what? Let's just jumble the letters of Snipes around, and we'll just call him well, Pete hmm. Nessip. Okay, yep. yeah. I I never really thought they don't ever really say his name. In the movie, um, so do they not? Not really. It's I, mean, not... I mean, no, no. I remember I watched this the other day. They it, didn't. I don't think they did mention. No. Him. Well, I'm, I'm letting you know. It's not like uh, what's the Hugh Jackman movie with where he's the hacker? Oh, Swordfish. Yeah, where they say Stan like 800 times. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you ever oh. watch Swordfish, you'll see like they just say his name over and over and, and over and... again. And watch it. Watch it for the plot. Don't watch it for the Halle Berry topless scene, which is so out of place like it was clear that they be, in, in, and she said as much after the fact that so if, if you've not seen swordfish there's Halle Berry is topless in a scene that makes no sense plot wise she's just laying out sunbathing topless yeah um and it was because they basically said we'll we'll give you i, I believe it was five hundred thousand dollars more if you do a topless scene and she was like fine yeah um why not hey don't don't yeah i don't hate that i think game. it was a million dollars actually it could have been a million dollars, which it was. It was a. It was an amount that was like that would make even you know the prudence of people think about it. Yeah, yeah. Even even the most like I want to be known as a serious actor person be like a million dollars. All right. Yeah. But it was just so gratuitous. It had nothing to do with the plot of the movie. And people are like, why are you talking about swordfish when you're talking about drop zone? But they both deal with hacking in movies. That's true. That so, is true. Because yeah. uh, all this starts with the transfer of Earl Liddy. Leedy, played by Michael Jeter, of such movies as The Green Mile. Yes, Green Mile. Um, Patch Adams. What? Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys. He passed away oh a few years ago, which I was sad to see. I did because he's one of those uh, character actors that right. you don't know by name. Yes, but, but you know you by know face. by face. Yeah. And what I'm trying to think, there's something even more than Green Mile that 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 I would know him from. Or that people might know him from, and I can't for the life of me think of it. But you know, you you, you kill some time. I'll, uh, I'll look well, you know, with with my, he is really the one of those character actors that you're just like, okay, uh, Jurassic Park three, maybe. Um. Yes, because everybody remembers Jurassic Park three. Taken. It was. Um. Not the Elmo series, because he was in a lot of Elmo movies. He was in a great deal of Elmo movies, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe, maybe that's the thing I'm thinking of, because he's not really, a, oh my god, he was an Air Bud. That's what it was. Air Bud. Yes. He, one of the, um, I mean, if you're, if you're going, like, Mount Rushmore basketball movies and you don't have Air Bud, then, um, I don't even want to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, so maybe, oh, Waterworld, that was the one I was thinking of. I was like, where, I, I can picture him as a character, he was in Waterworld. Okay. He was the crazy. He was the crazy guy with the balloon where they flew to land at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. that movie since it came. Oh, out. spoiler! Spoiler alert! They find land at the end. Yes. Oh. Also, also featuring. Oh, so essentially, 
these guys have to transport him. They he's been working for the drug cartels, hiding, shifting money around via his hacking, and was w- willing to stir- turn state evidence against the drug pin, like the kingpins of the drug underworld. I, and I can only assume. And and again, I just watched this, so I'm not assuming. I can say for a fact. <laughs> um, early '90s portrayals of hacking are hysterical. Oh, they're the they best. You want to you want to see a a a, a what's a high tech thriller at the time that has not held up? Oh, I go I rewatch the net. Yes, I was about to say boy. the net. Oh my god! Like at least hackers, the movie, the the single greatest movie about hackers. Right, hackers. Um, they really they they knew that they were not being technically accurate with anything. They were that was movie was all about like, hey, these guys are really cool looking. They do cool things. They rollerblade. Right. Uh, but I don't think anybody I mean the whole premise of that movie was bizarre. Like with the supercomputer that like it Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, it's it, neither here nor there. Yeah. But yeah, nineties movies did not really capture because te- technically speaking, because I mean when the net came out, which I want to say was like mid, probably around the same time. Um, oh yeah, it had to be mid nineties. Yeah, like they the internet was was young, and um, most people's most people's computer knowledge uh, was was not sophisticated. But yeah, sorry. No, no, I, which I didn't we which, interrupt. No, no, you're not interrupting anything because it just reminds me of like there's a scene there where Gary Busey, who plays our our former DEA agent, who is the mastermind of this plot of the movie, which is a very minor part to the movie when it comes down to it all is it not really a well thought out kind of situation there where the no it, it wasn't uh it well like we, we kept making the comparison last week to point break and it's um not really because well no i guess it, never mind i don't but, know where i was going no I, well it, they're not robin banks they're trying to get the informants or undercover dea agents like the list of agents is more mission impossible ish mm. you know in the ver- the very first one yeah where they the had one that stopped yeah yeah uh did it in comparison to the second one okay well that's the um it's the mission impossible well the mission impossible movies really found their groove by the uh fourth one fourth four, yeah i think the third was the step in the right direction the, and the, the third f- one was jj abrams right uh and it was um yeah, it was finding more of a groove because the the problem that they had is this, uh, there's a similar issue with not issue but a, a similar thing going on with um, the alien movies, right? Where the especially certainly the first three, I don't well Resurrection wasn't that bad, but no. I don't count anything after that. I'm not we're we're not you know we're not going Prometheus, all those. And, I'm, no. I'm strictly a an aliens purist. The Sigourney Weaver aliens movies, right? Which That's she'll probably I, make a those, comeback. Those, those are the even the fourth one when she was a clone of herself, which was stupid. But um, spoiler alert: she was a clone of herself. You find out at the end um, <laughs> because technically she dies at the end of three. She jumps into like molten, molten lava, like, yeah, yeah, molten iron or something. something like but that. Um, the, the the with the alien movies, the um, they all the first all four all four were very different because of their directors. Ridley Scott directed the first one, and it was very much a site like a thriller. Right. Whereas James Cameron did Aliens, and that was very much an action movie. Yes. And then Dave, David Fincher did Alien Three, and it was very much a David Fincher movie. Yeah. Like it all took place in this this very claustrophobic prison location. And then the fourth one was um, uh, his French director, John John Jacques. You know, it's something you know. He's the director of Amelie. Right. And it was very much his like the, so the four movies of the Alien movies were very very different. And that was the same. Why, why? Where was I going with this? What movie was I just? What were, what were we just talking about that I was comparing it to? Oh, I have no idea. Jean Pierre Junet. Junet. That's that's the one. That's the director. Um, yeah. Well, no, I was just comparing it to a different series that where the movies were different, and now I, I I can't think of what we were just talking about. Um. You had me doing research, so I've I've I lost the track of thought. Oh, uh, this is this is this is what happens. I just go off the rails, and we were because um, you were talking drop zone, and then you were talking I, point break, point break, and then I was, I was I I, I started talking about Alien, the Alien trilogy, uh, not a trilogy because there's four of them, but because they were all different because the directors changed, and I was comparing that to some other series, and I 
See, this is uh, this, this is, is already in the quick already in the quicksand. Well, you know, the quicksand happens. We've been going through the quicksand since we started. Essentially, this review. That is true, and um, Which you is, know, is what what well, was going to happen? I I, I there, had there this feeling. A, there, there was a hundred percent chance that a, a deep dive into draw into 1994's drop zone was going to um, end up here. End up uh, well. We started with Wuthering Heights, so at least we're back on track, sort of. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So back to drop zone. Um, okay, that's gonna drive me crazy because I literally had a point, but um, it, it doesn't matter. What? Well, it, nothing matters anymore. No, I mean, let's be honest. When it comes down to it, the, in the nuts of things. Yeah. It, it that's doesn't. True. And like we're we're trying to be creative of ways of uh, having fun talking about a movie that you didn't watch that you know no one actually probably should have watched. <laughs> I watched it in 1994. I'm certain of that. Yes, but at, in, back in 1994, it, it was a fine movie. Oh sure, because it was it it, it, it the B movie has died in a way. Yeah. Well, he yes. Well, I did Wesley. Uh, he did. I think post prison. Um, spoiler alert: Wesley Snipes went to prison for uh, several years for tax evasion. Right. Um, he. I, I don't. Did he ever get to the like? Because even even the best. Our favorites, all the best action stars, they eventually get to B movie. You know, it used to be straight to like DVD be- yeah. before video on demand, but it was oh, we just yeah, we called it a straight to DVD movie. Seagal, Steven Seagal, fell deep into that trap. Um, jo- even Cole. Van Damme. Oh, Van Damme definitely Van Damme, did. Who had uh, yeah, Van Damme had a great theatrical or you know run, heater after heater, but uh, then he fell into that straight to DVD, and I don't recall if Wesley Snipes really ever fell into that trap. Mostly because he went to prison. Chance to fall in that trap, but this is this is his. You know, he was on a hot streak. Where you know, you listed off his his resume. Like, uh, have you seen Game of Death? Fifty seven. Game of Death. Yeah. Can't say I have. The Art of War two. Like there were a lot of sequels of. I remember. Some... I remember Art of War one. That was out in theaters. Yes, it was. But the second one wasn't. There, there was a phase in the early aughts after Blade Trinity. Where things... Oh, the Blade movie. Oh, how can I forget the Blade movies? Of course. Well, people always forget about it because it was it was truly the Marvel movie that made Marvel movie something. You know, it was the first... Uh, it was R-rated. Yeah. Which was rare. Well, I mean, obviously you're ignoring Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher, but whatever. I'm also ignoring David Hasselhoff's Nick Fury. Well, everybody. Yeah, that's probably... And the that. Captain America also movie. awful... Yeah, I was gonna say there's that awful Captain America. There was also a, fl- a Flash, a fl- Flash of DC. Sorry, and Flash of DC. There um, was there was a Fantastic Four movie made too. Yeah, but that was um, just made so they. It was just it was never released. It was just a movie that was made. It was god awful from the visuals I've seen of it. You can find still photos of it and probably a trailer nowadays. But that was that looked bad. That was going to be bad. Yeah, probably. So. Yeah, there was a there was a time in this world, especially in that era of the '90s, where superhero movies didn't do all that great. Well, it's funny if you read. Um, I mean, every, you know, base it, it it things like the Blade trilogy and in in the well those other ones that we were jokingly because those were terrible, but um, you know, obviously Iron Man one is considered the well, but I mean, okay. For the Marvel Universe, certainly. I mean, Tim Burton's Batman's were oh, fantastic. Tim Burton, I'd say Tim Burton. That was that eighty nine, I think. That somewhere was on really there, eighty eight, eighty nine, like, somewhere around that. Because that, that I remember, like if, that was the movie where people were like, okay, a comic book movie can be made and make money. He made it. He, he, he made it a Tim Burton movie, which was awesome. But right. yeah, that before that, well, Superman, obviously. Yeah, but, um, but Superman didn't quite do the numbers that Batman did. No, and and but like if you there, I read recently because somebody I think it was, I, I don't I don't somebody somebody pulled up and found like the New York Times review of uh, Iron Man when it came out in right. seven I think, and the the the, the New York Times the critic was it was hysterical. They were like, well, this is a fun movie. This in no way will be like this is not a character you can watch over and over again. Like they, it was basically he, you know I'm paraphrasing. He said Robert Downey Jr. does a great job in this part, but this isn't a character you can root for. And I don't see how anybody would be interested in this character after this movie. And, and it's like okay. okay. And he he played it what eighteen more times? Uh, at um, least. Jeez. Like he was the he was until now obviously. It, 
like yeah so looking back that um that hot take of review does not really hold up well when when uh, when do movie reviews really hold up outside of the brown bunny one do you remember that <laughs> uh oh god whatever happened to vincent gallo he uh he was a weird dude i think i think he went the eccentric route and just kind of burn the bridges that he he would and yeah like because he yeah he did he do anything after brown but well he did he i mean he really only before that did buffalo 66 i don't remember anything he did after brown bunny because uh yeah i mean the only thing that people remember about brown bunny is that it was a non-simulated sex scene and Uh, it actually turned that movie from a film to a documentary yeah yeah that's it didn't hurt chloe's 70s career though good i mean you know, well, okay. that would good for her. That would be, I mean, because he he destroyed her like emotionally, like making the movie. So that's why I don't mind if his career bottomed out after that. But Chloe Seventy's done very well for herself. Uh, he's been acting. Uh, he has directed. It just hasn't been on that that level. I'm I'm gonna guess everything he's directed, he's produced as well. So probably he's got one upcoming project in April, which isn't happening. So, yeah, there you go. You know, well, we really, we really got off. Uh, hey, well, far from from drops. Uh, oh, because we went okay. Wesley Snipes, Blade, Blade, Marvel, and we uh, just go bad down. Bad reviews, bad money. Okay, I'm fo- I'm following. What happened to us it's, at its finest, folks? It's just not. Yeah, and like uh, I'll but, be honest, anyone who's listening to this right now knew that this was going to be the case when we came in with focus, or at least I came in with some focus, maybe. Yeah. Like, I came in with um, the you, you came in with a prepared book report. I came in with the um, I've got uh, pictures taped up on the wall with red string connecting each of them, and there's no really rhyme or reason. I, I wouldn't re- I wouldn't want it any other way, if I'm yeah. being honest. So yeah, because we had also Yancey Butler. Love Yancey Butler. Also that what was it? Hard Target. She was in with Van Dam. Yeah, she uh, was it hard. Yeah, yes, it could was. have been. Yeah. Yeah, she's a, uh, uh, you know, she was a mid '90s uh, heroine, because um, she she was not never she was never like a, I don't want to I don't want to say keep calling her masculine, she was not very feminine like in anything. So I don't know if that's a reflection of her real life personality, but like she always played tough like she, tough women. She did like, she have a toughness. A, very her. much not like a, in a, you know, a lot of female leads in action movies tend to be tend to end up being more love interest than actual like partner in crime, actual action type. Right. And Nancy Butler kind of went the tougher roles. But love it, interest roles. Yeah. I mean, she was in Witchblade. Uh, she, she has, yeah, been, she yeah. was the, the in kick-ass as the, yeah, she played the, the mother of um, McLovin. Oh my gosh! I didn't even notice that. So she's in the two Kick-Ass movies. Well, obviously, she's a bit older. She's, you know, from from her IMDb, she was born in seventy. So, well, so she wasn't that old when she made Drop Zone. No, that's, I can do math. That's twenty-four. Yeah. Wait, seventy? That she was only twenty-four in that? Yeah. Oh, okay. And another another factoid about it that her role was actually uh, supposed to be a man's role. They uh, it was not intended to be a woman's role. Hmm. But they they were like, okay, let's cast her. And there was a scene in it where um, I was going to talk about I, this. If scene. I have this, r- you are correct. Okay, where yes, um, it's when they first meet uh, Wesley Snipe and and Yancy, uh, Jesse Crossman is her name, or Jess Crossman, and Jesse and um, our friend uh, Jesus, what's his name, uh, Nessip, Pete Nessip, Snipes, Snipe, yeah. Uh, do their first jump together, and it's a tandem, but they're not attached to the tandem. She just drops them out of the plane, and then jumps out the plane to catch them, which is risky. You might, you might say she put them in the drop zone. She did say that right before they got on the plane. This is my drop zone. <laughs> so. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So she she pushes Wesley Snipes out of the plane, which I imagine uh, I've never skydived myself, but I imagine Push. as much as I'd be upset about that. I would probably that would be what would be necessary to get me out of the plane. I think push is the wrong word to use. They had like a a latch that opened up underneath them, so she she like like a bomb hatch kind of thing. Ah, so trapdoor, trapdoor in the plane, which I'm 
kind of shocked in the plane because that thing looked like it was falling apart when it first came on screen. Yeah, unless it's a bomb bay, bomb bay, not bomb. Bomber? Is it a bomb bay door? Yeah, yeah bomb bay bomb, door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like, like those. I don't see why there'd be a reason to have a trap door. Drug jobs, maybe. No, maybe that would be because yeah. it's down the keys. So, eh. Florida. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So I'm assuming you're talking about where they land. He gets up and he punches her. Yes, that's the scene. He he punches her. Not a scene that necessarily holds up well, Ew. but specifically, she wanted that. Even when they recast her, re, well, cast her as a woman when that was supposed to be a man's part. The scene of him knock, you know, punching her. It was supposed to be punching him, uh, punching her. She insisted on they, that they keep in. You know, you don't usually see that in films uh, that when when it's not like. Well, I guess. Well, no, most movies even like they 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 just because people you know violence against women is is something that people just like violence against animals people don't like what's saying in movies so generally when you see fight sequences in movies it's usually a woman fighting another woman you don't often see a man fighting a woman no not like this and this is just a no. punch like situation and yeah he just flat out punches her which we didn't really get into essentially the gist of the movie early on was there was a hijacking of a we were talking about earl letty the michael jeter character they were where Gary Busey and a couple of his henchmen kidnap the the prison prisoner on a 747, which I noted that the the seating in the coach was very spacious back in those days, at least in this huh. movie. So they they someone could get up without knocking someone over, so without them having to get up and get out of the seat so you can get out. Um, but in the way, where is it going with this? Uh, essentially. They blow out the back door. They jump out. They're, the whole thing is like, no one can jump out of a seven forty seven going at this speed. Blah blah blah. And that's how he ends up going to find Jesse because they say, quoting the line, "Dick for brain." Jesse, Jesse Crossman is the person that you want, or the one of the bad guys, this Jaeger guy. That was her boyfriend. So they were world champion jumpers. As as you or skydivers. You'd want the best. Obviously. Oh, absolutely, absolutely! Like you want to be trained by the best. Yeah, and I don't know if he really got trained. He hit did, did a total of maybe one, two, three, four jumps in the movie. Well, yeah, at least he didn't. Uh, at least his shoot opened. Uh, you know, he didn't have a Parker Lewis situation. No, he did not have. Well, that wasn't meant for Parker Lewis. True. Yeah, so that was meant for Jesse, the Yancey Butler character, but. Essentially, here's the thing. The brother falls out of the plane after this all, this hijacking goes right and wrong. Uh, and he just gets dropped out of a plane. So he just felt like, so punching the person who just dropped you out of a plane kind of would resonate. Didn't feel as yeah, much, probably. didn't feel the trauma that he went through. Like he, he just witnessed his brother die and he just was dropped out of a plane. I think he would go a little bit more mental than he did, to be honest. I'm being no honest. That's, a, that's just my thought there. He's an officer of the law, though, Hugh. He, he, has he to, was uh... not. He was uh, suspended at that point in time by the U.S. Okay. Marshals. So he, he was no longer, he was working outside the law and investigating on his own time and his own dime. Oh. So. And in the process. It's all coming, all it's all, coming, back, it's all coming back to you? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Why? Yeah. <laughs> This is um, but fun. you know, it, it, we well, this is I mean, you may have wanted to get to this after you get through the plot, but um, it should be noted this was not a successful movie. No, I was trying to figure out like what was successful back then, and like if... uh, well, from from the numbers that I looked at, this movie uh, had an estimated budget of forty five million. Yeah, no, no, it did not do it, well. Didn't make and it made and it made twenty eight worldwide. Yeah, so that is not successful. No, um, not to, you know, I don't know what was considered a bomb because you know a different era like back then making a hundred million dollars was like blockbuster right now now if you don't make a hundred million dollars your opening weekend you're not a blockbuster granted inflation and whatnot yeah but you know um the uh with inflation this made 60 so okay well still maybe it wasn't a yeah i mean if even if you break even like that's a that's a failure right you know, but by any account, if, if a film breaks even, I mean, you're happy to break even. You don't want to lose money, but no. that's not obviously considered success. I saw today that um, the biggest flop of um, 
of of last year of 2019 was um uh was Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the X Men. Um, yeah, X the X Men. Um, the end of the X Men saga. Uh, lost 130 million dollars. Yeah, I, I still haven't even seen that one. No, I had no interest. And I, I liked the the reboots with the 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 first the class and uh, yeah, yeah, first class, and even when the uh, days of uh, days of future's past. past. Yeah, I enjoyed that one as well. Um, like when they when they merged the two, the older cast and the younger cast, more or less together. Like I enjoyed those, but it, uh, uh, what what was the um, apocalypse? Was it apocalypse? The, the one with Oscar yeah. Isaac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the previous the previous one to Dark Phoenix that one was real bad, so yeah I, I could deal but, with that but, yeah, one. Yeah, so I so I don't I don't know if Grubs on losing, or maybe it didn't. Like you said, if if you adjust for inflation, maybe it actually didn't lose money. It just no, I think made, I think it did lose money. money. I, I, well, no, <laughs> except you have to take into account the forty five million dollar budget would have been a hundred and something. Adjust, you also have to adjust for inflation. Yeah. And that, that was what I was trying to get back about with the B movies is like we don't get these action movies because they do have to do these kind of numbers. It's like you don't yeah. do an action movie for fifty million dollars that much anymore. They, um, but they usually do abroad. Um, yeah, like you know, they. That's why I mean, that's why so many movies nowadays um, go out of their way to emphasize Asian they, markets. The Asian for a long time it was like Russian markets, which is probably how Steven Seagal became a Russian citizen. Mm. Like those, that's where the big money was. But yeah, like now the Chinese market is enormous, so you have to. So people, filmmakers are very careful when making a film, being like, "There's nothing in this that's going to offend the people of China." Is there? Are there? So, like, you know, you get. I mean, that, I think that's why they changed Red Dawn. Yes. Because that was supposed yes. to be the Chinese that came in, and they're like, "Well, we're going to make it North Koreans." Yeah, because... yeah. Which I don't think really mattered much anyway, because I don't believe that uh, did all that well. No. The reboot, not so much. I, I didn't. I watched it, but I didn't quite enjoy it. Nearly don't mess much. with the, don't mess with the classic, the, especially especially a movie as absurd as that. Russia invading Colorado in in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, I mean that. I mean it worked in the sense, you know. Yeah, but no, it's something you should just pass off. But should we get about Gary Busey and his fine uh, fine role of Tymon Kreef, the former DEA agent, or? He, uh, yes, of course. Leading uh, the charge yeah. of uh, finding the under undercover agents to sell off and constantly update. So the whole point was this: the the point of the movie where they were trying to break into the DEA offices because there was a jump a jump going on, like it seemed like Fourth of July weekend in Washington D.C., and so they could, you know, join the groups of doing this big. Everyone's doing this circular move during fireworks. And they were going to sneak off in their jump and go because there was no restrictions. So they could jump anywhere they wanted to. And they planned out how to, like, stealing the hacker, having tandem jump, pressuring him to be able to, to process the jumping out of a plane, that whole feeling. And then uh, hacking into the DEA, which is obviously thwarted by Wesley Snipes and his jumping team. Spoiler alert. Spoiler Spoiler. And if, if that plot synopsis sounded like absolute nonsense, it and, was um, absolute garbage. It was. Yeah, because uh, I had to fit it in very quickly. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not saying your 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 synopsis oh. is garbage. I'm saying the plot of the movie. Oh, the garbage. plot of the movie's got awful. Yeah, you did. You did great. The I plot mean, of the movie is is um, no, the, the, they, the 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 writer of that movie. They 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 collected a check. I don't know if they are in that check. I don't know who wrote it. Watch, watch well, me. One guy's like, name was John Bishop. Uh, I didn't note that one. Ah, that's funny. But there was there were four. There were, obviously, when it comes to writing, uh, I don't know how, how many people know this or what it is. There's there's a few credits for uh, writers on a, on a, a screenplay. There is a written by, story by, and screenplay by. So a story by by is someone who comes up with the idea. He's like, I have this idea for a movie. Yeah. Then you hire a writer and they get the screenplay by. And the written by is the person that helps come up with the story and writes it. So they just kind of like did a written by. So this yeah. was a very much two guys came up with an idea for this movie. And then they hired two writers to do this movie. I don't want to say it's always a winning formula, but generally if you see if the story by, written by, and screenplay by are all the same person, 
I don't want to say it's always better, uh, but at least like my um, my favorite movie of all time, which I don't know if we've discussed before, is uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm. And it is not only was it written and directed by the same person, he also is the one who wrote the book it was based on. Right. He wrote the novel, then wrote the screenplay, and I believe he directed the film too. So like his vision never changed. Like I, who know you know if you, if you get two guys coming up with a story idea, and then two more two, well it's, you you know the film's really a problem when you see the written by and it's forty people. Yes, no, that's a lot. Th- of then you then you know that movie had some issues. Yeah, like you know it's the same thing with music. We've talked about it before on this pod, and then just in general, if you see a song that was written by forty people. It's uh, it's like ooh, this is uh, this probably changed from the original uh, idea, you know, the original vision. Yes. But yes, cer- certainly with a movie. But like, yeah, just the thought of the whoever came up with this story idea is right. is, is, I mean, who knows who knows how close the final product was to their idea. Probably, uh, probably not anywhere near. Like I, I'm I'm discovering this on my own. Well, I, there's documentaries about this where writers are like, yeah, the movie I wrote isn't the movie I wrote. They kept like yeah. a line of that movie in. Yeah. So right now I'm like a director's rewriting something I've written and it's going to be completely different from what I wrote. So I, and I'm aware of that. Like at least I get to go through and see what he's done and try and work with him after he's finished it off. So there's that for me, but yay. Um, um, but G- yeah. Gary getting, getting to Gary Bruce, uh, but Gary. You know, getting back to Gary Busey. The, the, he he has a uh, kind of an un, well, it's not unfair because he is crazy. Well, I think um, the motorcycle like, accident didn't help him. Yeah, no, that's where I was getting at is that he's sort of become a punchline, especially especially more recently with like his work on like shows like Surreal Life and his you know that stuff that he did on you know he basically and I don't know I don't recall if he actually had his own show or if he was doing those like celebrity Surreal Life type shows where they kind of put him back in the public eye and then people were like this guy's crazy. Like, like certifiably crazy, but it's, it's sad. It's sad that he's become such a punchline because as you just mentioned, he suffered serious brain damage in a motorcycle accident in the early eighties. And, um, so all of his like crazy, I hate using the term crazy, uh, but you know, all of his, his behavior now that sort of has made him a punchline is very sad because it actually is brain damage. Yeah. He was a very good, I mean, he's still, he's still fun. Like, you know, his, his over-the-top acting and characters are still fun. Like, he was fan- – in Point Break, he was fantastic. Yes. Um, but, like, he, he's, he's an Oscar-nominated actor. Like, right. pre, you know, he, he was nominated for the Buddy Holly story. And, like, that was pre-accident. Like, he was, like, a very well-respected actor, and he's become a punchline. But I just think – I feel like a lot of people don't realize that there is a reason he acts the way he does. It's not because he's a crazy person. No. It's – it's li- literal brain damage. And it's unfortunate. Like, I, there's been so many actors who've gone through that situation where a motorcycle accident has kind of changed them in a way. You think about yeah. that. I mean, they reshot or they changed the shooting habits of Empire Strikes Back because of Mark Hamill's motorcycle accident. Yeah. Uh, was it a motorcycle or just or a car? I think it was a motorcycle accident. Like, that, that's even, yeah, that's how they wrote in the him getting hit the Wampa. Yeah. yeah, they they had to write that in because they're like, ooh, he got a big scar on his face. Yeah, we have to figure this one out. So, essentially, the de- like deals were made. Gary Busey had to get to the DEA tower. They have obviously have their hacker. Everyone turned out they were capable of hacking things in this movie on his team. So, then well, they- everybody, anybody can be a hacker. Yeah, it turns out. And yeah. Wesley Snipes' crew comes in, saves the day. I did enjoy the Gary Busey death scene, though. Spoiler alert. Well. You're not going to get people to want to watch this if you tell them what happens. I just said I enjoyed it. Okay. But he is the bad guy. It is the 90s. This is how it goes. Yeah, you don't. You don't, You didn't see a lot of bad guys. That, surviving. Uh, survived it. No. You still don't, for the most part. Yeah, but, you, don't, uh, you don't see those guys going to jail. And if they do, if they do survive, they try and shoot the guy anyways, and then they end up getting shot. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, in Die Hard, there's one guy that makes it. But we don't see him the, taken uh, away. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved, I was reading recently about, I love, or I, I mean, it's probably a part of film lore and people, a lot of people knew it was the, the um, they're all, but the, the, the um, Hans, Gru, Hans Gruber, was that yes. Alan Rickman? 
Hans Gruber, yes. Yeah, his um, what made his his uh, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Die Hard, uh, Hans Gruber falls from the building at the end because Bruce Willis let lets you know drops him, yeah. and, and you know it's a great scene of him falling. And in reality, when they were shooting that, uh, Alan Rickman only fell about I think like ten feet onto a pad. Yeah. But the but or no, it might have been yeah, it was probably about ten feet. But the the look of absolute terror on Hans Gruber's face as he starts to fall was real because they tricked Alan Rickman in the scene. They told him that they were going to drop him on three and they dropped him on two. Right. So like, so his look, so if you watch the end of, of Die Hard with, with Alan Rickman falling, he has a look of fear on his face and that's real because he was like, and I was, I don't know why I read that recently. I was like, that's kind of cool. That was also, it's it, always fun to read, read little tidbits about movies like, like that. It, wait, is it the making of that series on Netflix? Where they did like uh, Ghostbusters. Oh no! It's that um, it's that series where they um, I, I can't recall the name of it. I know it was like Dirty Dancing, uh, Die Hard. Yeah, with it was. It's a series about the making of movies, and I can't recall the name of it. It might be the making um, of. It's something. It has. It, it's. I don't think it was the making of, but it's something. We'll have to it, footnote yeah. this, and we'll we'll apologize after for next week when, that we forgot this. Sam Sam will let you know. Obviously. Um, yes. Well. Um, uh yes i don't know where i was going with that no 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 um oh i thought you uh, know what the funny thing i had i had air bud here in my notes as well as tango yeah yeah. are we well well let's save we can save the air bud discussion because next week is going to be a in-depth dive into air bud okay um and and its sequels obviously um because we we uh, need to go there one thing one film that now I, i i need to see um, I, because if you look, if you go to an IMDb for, you know, for a film, uh, for a film, not, not, not an actor, but for the film itself, there, it's almost like, like the way Amazon does it, where there's like an, like an algorithm where it says like, if you like this movie, so it lists it, like, it has like a scroll of other movies that are kind of similar. Right. Um, and they, they might be sim like, so if you go to the, um, uh, drop zone IMDb page. It lists like Passenger Fifty Seven, so sometimes it, it's because of other movies that star the actors, the actors from this work. particular movie. But there are also sometimes ones that are just similar. So it's like if you like Drop Zone, you'll like this. And there was a movie that I had never heard of, uh, and I don't think anybody's ever heard of it. Uh, it's but it was suggested under Drop Zone, and it's called uh, Cutaway. Um, and it is made. It was made in the year um, two thousand. And let me. Wait, yes, wait, it was wait, made wait, in the year two thousand. Wait, 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 cut away. Is that with? Uh... Oh no, I have not seen this one. Tom well, let Berger. me. Let, let me. Yeah. So this. This. So it's basically this. A, 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 almost a carbon copy of Drop Zone, but it came out six years later. Where a the successful undercover agent Victor Cooper is assigned for his ninth mission to find how the loadings of drugs loading of drugs is brought to miami he suspects the 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 drugs are coming through the air and joins a team of skydivers under the leadership of redline a fanatic and considered the the athlete number one in the sport of skydiving so basically it's about a de agent dea agent who infiltrates a drug ring of they're basically skydivers so this one is even more similar to the plot of point break yes um because there's not a weird tangent of a hacker's it's really like these skydivers are a drug rig, and they're delivering drugs by the sky, mm. uh, via sky, I should say. Um, but the the undercover agent, the lead, our lead, is played by Stephen Baldwin. Right. Um, uh, the I, I'd say on a good day, the second best Baldwin brother, but I think most people consider him the third best. Mm. Um, but the red line, who is the uh, head of the the eccentric head of the skydiving ring, is played by Tom Berenger, and he is basically the way the the role is described. He's Bodie from Point Break, you know, like a new agey head of the 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 thing. Yes. And the um, one of one of the skydivers, uh, the other members of the skydiving team with the name Turbo, is a Mr. Dennis Rodman. Yes, yes. I just, so I saw imagine, that. imagine Dennis Rodman as a sky as, as a member of a drug ring of skydivers or a skydiving drug ring, however you want to say that. Um, and I'm sold on this movie. I've never heard of it. Uh, do you, uh, how I don't do you know forget Casper Van Dien? Casper Van Dien's in it. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Star Starship oh. Starship Trooper fame. 
Starship Trooper fame and not much else. Uh, he did like a but he was Tarzan movie. He oh yeah he did he did. He's also married to a princess. I did not know that. Yeah, Catherine Oxenberg. She was a princess by blood, but she didn't really have a royal title. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah. So cutaway. That might have to be next week. I, 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 I think it. I think anybody can track it down. Okay. So well, with that all said and done, we actually we we filled filled the void of the episode today with that. Did we? Did we fill it? We filled it with what? Yeah. I don't know. We went from yeah beginning to end, not leaving drop zone with a, with some uh, exits on the way. We yeah. got, we 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 uh, hit a few rest stops. We took some exits. Did a little uh, roundabout here and there. We got we lost. Stayed, for a we second. stayed true to ourselves. Yeah, we got uh, we got the history of um, of comic book movies in there. We got uh, got yeah. everything. We touched we touched a lot of things right there. That sounds and, extremely and, and wrong coming out of my mouth right now. And hopefully we touch some hearts. Exactly. I, uh, oh, yeah. one little tidbit before I forget, because I did, I did, uh, I wanted to get your take on the strangest party. These are the, these are the times by In Excess, which was the the song of choice for that movie. Oh yeah, so. that I actually somehow do remember. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting about that. Like making it up, I actually do do remember that. Uh, it's probably the the closing credits where the the girl is doing the ballet in the sky of like one of those fans that pushes pushes people up into the air. Oh yeah, this... I've, I've never have you ever done one of those. No, I have not. Have you? There's there's uh, no, I haven't. There's one one they have one of those at the City Walk, Universal City Walk. Oh, I, I did um, see I've never it. I've never really had much interest in it. I would probably would you skydive? I, have you? I've been. I've not. I've been told I should. Uh, I, don't... I actually don't think I'd hate that because I, I don't love. I, I don't love the dropping feeling. That's why I'm not a huge roller coaster fan. Right. Uh, like the, the, you know, the drop. You yeah. know, I like everything about a roller coaster except for the big drops. Although I don't, for some reason, I'm starting to like them more. Like as I get older, but um, but I feel like skydiving. You the, that dropping feeling when you're dropping for that long probably doesn't last. You know, you probably get used. To, your you, your body acclimates to it. Yeah, I like think on a roller have... co- on a roller coaster, you're dropping just real quick out of nowhere. On a on a when you're skydiving, I'm sure when you first jump out of the plane, there's but that. after a while, you're probably like, okay, this is a cool feeling. I'm getting acclimated to this. Yeah, sooner skydive than bungee jump. I've never bungee jumped. No, I don't. But I would I would I think skydiving, I would enjoy far more than bungee jumping. Hmm, it's a good point. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we and I, I recall where all this 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 all started with um, Dan Cortez last on last week's episode. I know because we started we start we got into X Games, we got into skydiving. And this is what brought us to drops. So, so um, you're welcome, America. You're, yes, you're welcome, listeners. The, the in the, fact the great I detail enjoyed, that we went into on this one, like the note. I enjoyed this deep dive so well. I might watch it tonight. Wow, that'd, that'd be. I'm that'd be, not that'd gonna be great. Wa- not gonna watch it tonight. But oh, there there was one weird scene that I want to get into. We have a we have like a minute left. There was a the scene where Wesley Snipes sits down in a bar, and it's like a skydivers bar, and this team of skydivers come up and start beating the shit out of him for sitting at their table, or try to beat the shit out of him, and then he just fights back, and it's just like, who does that in a bar? Kind of thing. Um. Not us. No, no, but like in the nineties, no. it was like, is this a thing that happened more often than I can remember? Did fight fights break out. Yeah, just out of randomness, because the guy's Probably. sitting at a table. I, I... It was a. It was a. The nineties were a wild time. Here. It was. I it was. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I was a young man at fourteen, fifteen years old when this came out. Were there any um uh like big fun, like lines that you would remember nope. like you know the, like a you know. Um, Schwarzenegger was the one who always had the biggest lines in his movies, but Snipe, Wesley Snipes tried. There like was, you know, Pastor Fifty Seven had the always bet on black. There was no one liner uh, in this movie at all, not one. I think I gave it to you. Like Dick for brains. That's about it. That that's that it. was yeah. That, there was no line that just uh, sat with you and just like that's it. That's the line. What was even the? I'll have to look at it. What was the tagline for the movie? That's the oh, taglines are always fun. I did not look it up. The tagline is "Taking crime to new heights." Oh boy! Wow! Wow! That's uh... that. That's that. That's our show, guys. Yeah, yeah we're gonna leave on that note because I, I want to say it's a high note, but I'm not really sure. I don't know if it's a note in general. It was just kind of like, wow, we just did that for an hour for some odd reason. 
Yeah. Um, and it worked in our favor for some weird reason, too. I feel like you're going to enjoy this playback. Um, I, I hope so. I hope, uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope we're not hemorrhaging listeners, but, you know, I don't blame them. Uh, at this point in time. I think we're okay, though. I think we're doing fine. Yeah. We're doing Everybody, the best we can. Yeah. We're doing the best we can with, with Quarantine Brain. I think we actually kind of put something together. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? If 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 a uh, little uh, if, if if an hour deep dive into a 1994 movie about skydiving uh, is a is a good you know gets you a, a, to escape the realities of the world for a little bit, then we did uh, we did our job and dive into uh, our brains for that hour. That's a scary yeah. place to go, but you know, hats and, off to you. And then uh, next week, uh, the assignment for next week is we're going to do terminal velocity. All right, people, have fun, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.